Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is a special guest by the name of Miss Kim Hamer, and she is phenomenal, and you're going to find out why. <laughs> and you already know me, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host of this beautiful platform. But here's more about my guest, Kim. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. On April 16th, 2009, Kim Hamer watched her 44-year-old husband take his last breath. During his illness and after his death, she was amazed by the helpful ways their co-workers, bosses, friends, and family supported them. Kim started calling their kind actions acts of love. After the death of her husband, Kim, an HR leader noticed how little guidance leaders received when navigating cancer, health crisis, or death on, new, on their team. She knew their lack of knowledge negatively affected more morale, employee engagement, and productivity. She set out to change that, combining her personal experience with her professional knowledge and leadership skills. Kim launched her business to support leaders and coworkers when cancer or any health crisis affects a team member. Kim is the author of A Hundred Acts of Love, A Girlfriend's Guide to Loving Your Friend Through Cancer or Loss, an easy to read book filled with a hundred practical, quick and effective ways to support a friend or coworker. She is also an HR leader and speaker who lives in LA, that's Los Angeles y'all, where she tries not to bother her relatively well-behaved college-age children. And today, we're going to really dive into the five perfect ways to help your friend with cancer or three ways to get the support that you need. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Kim Hamer. <laughs> Genesis, thank you. That was great. The woman behind it all. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Great to be here. My pleasure, Kim. And I'm just excited to embark on this journey with you conversation wise. But before we dive in to your subject matter expertise and where you are now, I definitely want to give the audience a chance to be able to connect with you in a fun and personal way. And if you've done your research, I'm sure you know what's next. I have and I do. And I'm going to choose the rapid fire questions. Amazing. We're playing <laughs> rapid fire with Kim and Genesis. I was going to sing that with you. I forgot. Oh, let's sing it. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're, gonna We're playing, playing rapid, rapid, rapid fire, fire with, with Genesis. Kim oh, Kim and, and Genesis. Genesis. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm so glad I listened to a few of your podcasts before I came on because I was like, oh, I want to sing that song. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and if y'all know me, I am not a singer. I'm just a ball of energy and I just like to remix things so people could, you know, just ooh, take a load off and just ease into a conversation. So I tell 
I tell people, if you are listening, grab your water, your wine, your soda, your drink of choice, and just relax, because we are going to have a real transparent conversation. Amen. So here we go. Question number one. If you could sit down and partake a meal with any person, past or present, who would it be? That is a good question. And I actually would pass that to my children. I would let my children sit down and talk with their father because he died 12 years ago. And so they're very different individuals than when they were when they were young. So that's what I would do. I would, if I could pass that gift on, I would let them talk to their father for a meal. I love that. Question two, what is your favorite food? I don't have a, I got, I got to go through phases right now. My favorite food is I bought a stir uh, an air fryer and I mix up some broccoli, put some olive oil and salt on it, stick it in that air fry. I need, I will eat bags and bags and bags of air fried broccoli. So that's my favorite one right now. My digestive system may not like me in a few weeks, in which case I'll have to switch to another favorite food. Ooh. Okay. Question three. What is one piece of advice that you wish someone would have told you early on in life? Um, the saying five minutes, five days, five, five, I'm sorry, it's five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, five years. How much is it going to matter? Because I realized in the moment, if, you know, it felt like what I was doing was going to like destroy the rest of my life. But really, if I could just think it out and saw in five weeks, I'd, this would still be embarrassing, but wouldn't be so embarrassing. Five months, I would barely sort of remember it. Five years, I wouldn't even remember it. So put to allow myself to put things in perspective. Yeah, just really be intentional there too. Question four, dream, would you rather a dream car dream home or who says you can't have it all let's go big and do both <laughs> you know it's funny you said that and I was like oh because I'm the person who was who um, I listened to before she was the um, uh, nutritionist I believe and she said both but honestly I'd love a dream home I am willing you know I drive a 12 year old car now so I'm willing to drive an old car I would just love and my home right now is pretty close to where I want to be but um, dream home for sure just some place to some place that makes me happy like makes me feel good all the time. That's what I, so I go dream house. I love that. It's like your place of peace, your sanctuary. Yes, yes, yes. And little sanctuaries within the sanctuary, you know, little places that just kind of bring you back to your center. And so that's, that's really what I'd like. Ooh, that brings me to question five. What is your happy place? That place of peace and serenity where you could kind of just let go and let God or the universe or whoever you believe believe in have its way. <laughs> well, I actually have two places. One is I'm a meditator. So I meditate for 20 minutes in the morning. Um, and then again, in the after, when people go for their afternoon coffee or sweet, that's when I meditate again. And sometimes the meditations aren't peaceful or peaceful or, you know, my brain going, but that tends to be my really happy place. And then another place is my cousin has this 90 acre ranch, um, outside of, in like the Sierra foothills. It's absolutely gorgeous. She's got horses and sheep and she actually, now she has horses and goats. 
Um, it's where my kids learn to use chainsaws and how to shoot guns and, you know, they learn to ride there. And so that is, uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's quiet. The, the cell phone rate, the cell phone is barely able to work out there. That is truly my happy place. Mm, I love it. It just sounds like just so peaceful where you could just kind of unplug, get off the grid, but not too much off the grid. <laughs> exactly. And I will also mention that it's also my happy place because my cousin cooks. So I don't have to do any cooking. It's like staying at a free Airbnb. It's really wonderful. She's an incredible host. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Question six. If you could trade places with anyone, if you choose, who would it be? This, I don't know. Um, You know, I think it would be really interesting to trade places with Oprah Winfrey and not because she's Oprah Winfrey, but because of the history that she has in herself, in her history. We've forgotten where she came from and how hard she had to fight to get where she is. And I want to have that sort of I'd love to have that sort of memory to remind myself of how strong and capable I am. Mm. I love that. You know what they say, she's somebody's hero out there and she, she's doing amazing things. Oh my gosh. Uh, Question seven, favorite color. Right now it's blue. I'm loving blue. I know you've got blue on. I've got blue on. I've got a red scarf on, but I love blue. I'm into blue, navy blue, light blue, sky blue, not, not into hot blue, but you know, those kind of earthy blue tones. Mm-hmm. And it's just something about it just calms you. Yes, it really does. And I'm not afraid. Actually, I have blue pants on too, not jeans, but blue pants on. I will wear blue everything every day. Someday, sometimes I go in a mood where I'm just like blue, 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 which makes dressing very easy. question eight okay you mentioned this earlier that you love your cousin's cooking and you just got an air fryer so are you the one that will just cook in your fabulous kitchen or are you gonna grubhub uber eats or DoorDash it i'm gonna personal chef it that's what i'm gonna do when i have that house it's gonna come with a personal chef i am not a cook i do it out of necessity um, not out of love. And I much prefer other people cook for me. So I'm very, I'm a fan of a couple of restaurants in the area. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that's the answer to my question. Per, per, personal chef it. That's what I would like to do. Nine. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? To turn all the red lights green. <laughs> and 10. It's our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question. So do you want to pass or play? Um, I'll play. Okie dokie. You just hit the lottery. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Woo-hoo. Now, in order to get all your proceeds release. You must contribute to three charities of your choice. What charities are you donating to? 
Uh, that's actually very easy. There's a there's a children's zone in Harlem, um, which I would donate to. I would donate to I would love to donate actually to the government so that we could take care of our veterans and make sure that they are, you know, and I live in L.A. We have an incredible homeless crisis going on right now. And um, something like 70 percent of them are veterans. So I would make sure that they got taken care of in in completeness. So the lottery would have to be a huge lottery. Um, and then the third one would be I would donate to food shelters, um, because I know that, you know, we, we're often looking overseas to help people feed, but I know that mile down the street, there are, there are kids who are going to, you know, coming home from school and are hungry. Um, so those are the three charities that I would donate to. Those are amazing. And thank you for playing rapid fire, Kim. That's now, great, Genesis. Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Now we're going to segue into the topic to just really help people with the work that you're doing. You mentioned there are three ways to get the support that you need, and then also five perfect ways to help your friend with cancer. And as I mentioned before we started the recording, that is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Cancer, along with diabetes and lupus, are my cores right now based on family members. So to really help, let's, I want to start with the five ways to help a family or friend that is currently undergoing cancer, because I hate when people say, I know, I know how you feel because one, you don't, you're Mm -hmm. not diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. I hate when people say, well, it's going to be all right because Mm -hmm. you don't know that. Mm -hmm. I hate when people say, oh, well, they're doing the best that they can because are they really? Um, did you get a second opinion or whatnot? There's so many lines that people say where they think that it's helpful, but they don't really realize that it's not helpful for someone who is in the vein of it. So have you heard those lines or one similar? I have. And I, I start my, the very first chapter of my book. In fact, it's the only chapter that has one act of love in it. And it's the very first one. And it says, do not say, if you need anything, let me know. And it is a phrase that often rolls right off our tongues, whether it's cancer or someone who's sick or, you know, someone's dog who's sick, right? We say, if you need anything, let me know. And we think it's really helpful. And I used to think it was really helpful until my husband got cancer. There are three reasons it's not helpful. First of all, what is anything? I had a toddler at the time that my husband was first diagnosed. Were you willing to take your beautiful brand new car, go to preschool and pick up my vomiting toddler? Was that the anything you had in mind? Or did you mean that you were willing to go get me a gallon of milk? Right? So anything is too big a word. The second reason, and, and I know in the moment we do mean anything like I would, you know, if, if you asked me, I'd be like, okay, I'll go get that toddler. And I'd be like, oh, I don't want that. I might line my back seat with plastic, but in the moment we need it. But when we take a step back, we don't mean anything. The second reason it's not helpful is because you're asking the person who is already in crisis, right, is dealing with a really difficult thing that's happening in their lives. You're asking them to break down their day into a bite-sized chunk to find that one thing that you might do. And so, you know, we think about it in general when someone says, you know, when you're at work, someone says, hey, can I help you with anything? You go, uh, no, no, I'm good. Because it's too hard to figure out the one thing. And when we go through our days, our days involve lots of tiny little steps that we repeat over and over and over again that people can help us with, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. 
The third reason it's not helpful, let's just say that Genesis, you do figure out that one thing that you need. Now you have to have the courage when you are at your most vulnerable to call someone who said anything and risk them either saying no or being doing that kind of like, ah, okay, can you wait till tomorrow? Like, you know, so that, that rejection, that's way too much vulnerability for someone who's in crisis. So unless they are a really good friend of yours, or unless they are someone who's like, you know what, if you're going to say anything, ka-ching, here's my list, right? Um, they are not going to say that they, they're not going to call you. They're not going to call you and tell you to do something. They're not going to call you and ask you to do something because they have to get past those three obstacles. So that's actually the very first tip I have is please remove that from your lexicon. And what you can say is you can be very specific. And it's so helpful. My book is dedicated to a gentleman named Kinney. And Kinney works at the Venice Farmer's Market. And when I told Kinney that my husband had cancer, he said, if you need anything heavy moved, let me know. And honest to goodness, y'all, I thought that that was a really silly thing, stupid thing to say. I was like, heavy, like, oh, but you know what? I remembered it. I remembered it throughout two battles of, to my husband being entangled with cancer twice and after his death. And who did I call when I wanted something, when I wanted to rearrange the living room? I Kenny. called Kenny. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the more specific you are, the better off you are and offer more than once because that person you're dealing with, whether they have cancer or anything else, they may look like they're dealing with a full deck of cards, but trust me, they not, they're not, they've got their mind all over the place. And so you may make the offer and they are probably going to forget. Now don't be stalkerish about making the offer, but you know, you can do the old going to the grocery store. Can I pick up, open up your cabinet right now and tell me what five things are you almost out of? And then I'm at the grocery store. What five things are you almost, maybe not five, maybe three. Okay. I'm getting ready to leave the grocery store in 10 minutes. Just last, last check, right? These are really simple ways that you can help and remind them that you're there and you just kind of get in and get out. So that's my number one tip remove the, from the, remove from the lexicon. If you need anything, let me know, or any version of that and be as specific as possible. I like that because as I was going through the battle with my father, with medical negligence, I would have rather someone said, do you need me to go to the grocery store for you? Do you need help with some laundry? Do you need help with someone coming to sit, sit with your dad because you need to go out somewhere? Because then since my dad got paralyzed from the waist down after being in the hospital for three days, it was like, okay, he can't drive. And my mom, doesn't drive because my dad took her everywhere so it's now like I have two people to Mm -hmm. manage so if you would have just asked like that I would have you know be more receptive to that versus like oh is uh, let me know if you need anything because there's a ton of things I need like I need someone to call the pharmacy I need someone to follow up with the doctors I need someone Mm -hmm. to track down medical records. And there's certain things that you can't do that only I can do because based on, you know, the laws and the HIPAA laws and all of that. So if you would have just gave me something that was more specific, I would have said, oh yeah, sure. That'd be great. I could offload that. Or um, let me bring you a meal or something, or do you want, or or what are you craving? Let's, let's look up. How do you, how do you file malpractice? You know, how do you file malpractice in a hospital? Like, can I look that up for you? Can I make a list for you? So exactly. I think that we forget the more specific we are, 
the better it off. And even if the person doesn't accept your help right away, that's okay. They may accept it later, but the point of your helping is not to not not actually the action, the point of your helping is the offer. It reminds them that they're not alone, that they're not in this alone, and that they're loved. And that's really why we always want to support someone is because we love them. We care about them. We want them to feel good um, and we want to ease their burden. And so when you take that step back and remember, why am I offering help? That allows you to have that space to think, okay, that's why this phrase isn't very good. Absolutely. Now let's go into the second um, tip, Kim. Sure. The second tip is acknowledge your feelings. So this is one of those ones where people are like, yeah, 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 I do that. I do that. But they really don't. So, so what I mean by acknowledge your feelings is someone you care about was just diagnosed with cancer or parent just died or parent was just hospital. He was just dealing with mal, you know, malpractice. Like someone you care about is hurting and that hurts. So take the moment to cry about it, not to the person, do not cry to the person, but take a moment to cry and to feel sad and maybe write about how sad it is, or just kind of be like, gosh, darn it, you know, that kind of like, go ahead and throw that fit, you know, (laughs) raise your fist to God, whatever you need to do, but get those emotions out of you because the reality is we've all done this emotions leak out of us. Now, you know, we, you know, we've all had a bad day and then we come home and we like take it out on somebody else. That's the emotion of you're not dealing, not talking about or dealing with your bad day. That's it leaking out of you, right? Um, Sometimes we need too much alcohol. Sometimes we need, you know, the cake, sometimes whatever it is, it's us not dealing with those emotions. And so it's really important that you deal with those emotions, especially when you're going to be dealing with the person who's in crisis, because that person in crisis does not need your garbage, does not need you leaking stuff. I'm just that image of you leaking stuff all over them, not pleasant. So you want to make sure that you take the time to do it however you want to do it if you want to write about it if you want to call a friend and talk about it if you want to just get on your knees and you know just be like and god here we go let me just tell you this 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 whatever it is if you want to whoever you want to pray to it doesn't really matter as long as you get it out of you that's the most important thing because without that what ends up happening is you end up being sort of reactive and the problem with dealing with someone who's in crisis is it's all about them it's not about you. And sometimes that makes us feel not very good. And so you have to be in a space where like, yeah, you're right. It is all about you. How can I, you know, this is how I want to serve you in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that is tip number two. I love that tip because it's so true. And when you're first in it, like everyone's emotions are heightened. So sometimes you could see how you start to make it about you until like you have a clash with that person and they quickly make you realize that it's not about you. It's about me because you're not going through the suffering part. So then you have to pull yourself back and you have to be strong for that individual when you're in their presence. But then you could be weak whenever you're alone and have that vulnerability. And then if you feel like you just can't let out your emotions, go find a paid and trained professional, whether it's a therapist, a life coach, or someone that can be non-biased and non-judgmental where you could talk about the things that you may not have that safe haven to, to go to. Exactly. Exactly. That's really, it's a very good point, Genesis. Thank you for bringing it up. There are paid professionals out there, you know, that, that can help you just deal with those feelings. 
And the feelings, I think the problem is we, we look at our feelings, we judge them as bad or good. And they're not, they're just feelings. There's nothing wrong with them. You're not bad because you thought that. It just is, it came up, you thought it, you get out of it and you move on. Um, so, and then tip number three is you have to be courageous. This helping someone in crisis is not something that is easy, is not something, it can be simple, but it's not easy. And I think we forget that it puts us out of our comfort zone, right? So you think about the target and the comfort zones, the one in the middle and is, is the center target is, and, and that's the zone that we're so used to operating in. So you're used to operating with your friend or your parent or somebody within this zone. And all of a sudden this disease comes along or this accident comes along and changes everything. And you're in this learning zone and it feels uncomfortable. If you are not uncomfortable, there's one of two things. One, you've done this a lot, so you're used to getting into this kind of space and it's no longer uncomfortable or honest to goodness, sorry, y'all, but you're hard-hearted, right? <laughs> so, so you should be uncomfortable. It's new. You don't know how to act. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. And it's okay to be in this learning zone place, which is the next ring outside of that comfort zone. The third ring outside of that's the danger zone. And that danger zone is for when you're like, you, you say things like, I really want to help you. I'll cook meals for you for the next five weeks. And you're not a cook. Like that's the danger zone. Like that's the, you're way in over your head. Exactly. It's whoa. So keep in mind that you don't look, this person doesn't need you to save them. They just need you to show up. And show up in something, doing something that's helpful to them and that you can do. Um, so I think oftentimes people are afraid to help because they feel scared that somehow, um, somehow they're going to be roped into cooking meals for six months, right? They don't need you to cook a meal for six months. In fact, probably a meal is one thing you don't need to do because everybody else is doing it but you may be the world's best grocery shopper. I know I am. I can find a product. You just tell me what it is. I will track that thing. I'll go to five grocery stores. I'll find out when the next delivery is. I will meet the truck when it's being delivered. I'm an incredible grocery shopper. I'm a horrible cook. So you can help within what's, what's within your zone. And that's really, that's, really, that's really important. But that learning zone is you're going to feel uncomfortable and that's okay. Have courage. And courage is, I often love the saying, courage is fear that said its prayer. I love that. And I love the three tips that you, that you gave. And were those the three ways to get the support you need? No, these are the, we're still, we got two more. This is, okay. this is how to help. So the fourth one is make sure that you think of things kind of like look at your own day and take it apart. Mm -hmm. I do an exercise a lot with um, companies where I say, okay, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? And some people say, oh, I look at my phone. Is the cell phone bill played? Some people say I use the bathroom. Is there toilet paper in the bathroom? Are there clean towels? Is there shampoo and toothpaste and toothbrush to take care of? Do you have your favorite mascara for all the women and for all the, anyone who wears mascara, right? Do you, when you go to the, is there cereal in the refrigerator and milk or whatever kind of milk you drink? I cannot tell you how many times I went to the fridge after my husband died and realized we had no cereal. I had my milk, but I had no cereal or had cereal and no milk, right? So there's all these different ways. You know, we always think about meals. We think about dinner. Well, there's breakfast and lunch. Do they have a ride to work every morning? Is their car full of gas? Do they have a pen and paper by the telephone to make, to take messages? So you can, is their floor vacuumed? 
So just when you walk through a day, you can find these little ways that you can support somebody that's, that are really helpful and that they may not have even thought of. So, so think about that when you think about the kind of action you want to take, just think about your day and how someone can help you through your day. I like that because you know what it made me think about because I like to visualizing it made me think about a pie and take take a pie for example and cut the slices of pie exactly and then what slice of pie resonates with with you exactly exactly that's that's a perfect analogy and the fifth one is repeat I often think that we think we'll do our one thing And then we're sort of done, but we don't feel done. And we're kind of worried about going back and offering again or doing something else. You can do more than one thing. It, you know, so you don't be afraid, if, especially if it's a long illness. Um, look, in crisis, a lot of people show up in the beginning, especially in death. So a lot of people are there in the beginning in death. Three months later, you look up and you're like, wait, where did everyone go? Yeah, exactly. Where did, where did everyone go? The person who is dealing with loss they need you more at six months than they do in the beginning. So if you did not take action in the beginning, have heart. You can take action at six months. You can take action at a year. Y'all, if you show up at my door with a, with a meal, I am not turning it down. And it's been 13 years since my husband died. So, so you can take action, especially in those first two years. Don't, don't ever think that you've done it. It's too late. And the same thing goes for a cancer treatment. It may be really quick or maybe nine, 10 months of cancer treatment. And then another five months of recovery from that cancer treatment, you know, offer to go for a walk, offer to take them for a drive, take them to the movies, take them, you know, buy them tickets to their favorite museum. There's so many things that you can do that are really, really helpful and are sweet and kind. And again, the basis of it is remembering that you are just there saying this. It's like, I call my book a hundred acts of love because it felt like that's what people were doing for us. It was like, here's a lasagna. We love you. We're taking your husband to, to the cancer treatment center. We love you. We're going to take the kids. You're not getting them back till nine o'clock on Friday. We love you. That's what it felt like every single time someone did something. So it's an act of love that you're committing for your friend. And that's, that's the basis of everything that you do. So you don't have to do just one. So those are the five tips. I love those five tips and I want to be respectful of your time, Kim. And I'm not sure if we'll, uh, can you go over the three ways to get the support you need high level? And then we're going to jump into the book briefly. Yes. So high level. The first thing is you have to be willing to accept help. We are the great American country, or that's the way we are. And if if you live in New Zealand or someplace else, it's a little different for you. But we're like this. We pride ourselves on being wickedly independent. And actually, Australians also have this, I know. Um, You know, we got this. We're going to be, we don't need anybody's help. We all love to give. I'm happy to give, but we are horrible receivers. And so what you have to remember is that people, there's something called the law of reciprocity. And the law of reciprocity states this. If I do something for Genesis, Genesis, just by this basic law, is supposed to do something for me. She feels the pressure to do something for me of equal or greater value. Well, when you are the person who's receiving help, here's the thing about the law of reciprocity. People are paying you back. You don't know what you've done. You don't know how, what, how you've affected them, but they are paying you back. So just keep that in mind. That's the, that's the, that's the first one. The second one is it's okay to control. Some people will come in and want to take over and do everything for you. And it is really okay for you to say, no, thank you. 
You know, this is, it's, it's sort of like a really twisted, long birthday celebration. When it's your birthday, you get anything you want. So when you're in crisis, you can sort of play that rule of you get anything you want. Like some people will come in and want to help you and do all these things. It's like, you're not actually, you're creating more work for me than you are. You know, I had a woman who came in and she want, she bought, uh, she wanted to pack my kids lunches and she packed them in containers that needed to be returned to her. I did not have the bandwidth in my head to remember which container was hers to, and I just basically said, thank you. No. Um, because I knew that it was stressing me out to think about, I was gonna have to keep track of her containers, make sure they were cleaned and that she got them back. That was something that was beyond me in the first year of my husband's after my husband's death. Um, so just make sure that you're thinking about, you know, you, you have to say no. And the third thing is just receive the love. People love you. They're never, you know, I think we should all have funerals before we die because people love you, you affect people in a positive way and they are showing it by wanting to show up and care for you. So just let the love in, it'll help heal you in more ways than one. Amazing, and thank you for sharing um, those three tips so they can actually receive that help and really um, not feel guilty, but just know that somebody out there cares for them and they love them and they're not doing it because they want something in return. Exactly. So now let's jump into our call to action. I know you have the book, um, The 100 Acts of Love. So hold up the book and show the audience. Sure, I'm so excited. Thank you, everyone. So there's the book. It's available on Amazon and on my website. I also have five phrases never to say to anyone with cancer and what to say instead. And you can go to my website at 100xoflove.com. That's the number 100 um, backslash what not to say. So it's really simple backslash what not to say. You'll get a free download of five phrases never to say why not to say them, because I think it's really important that you understand the reason why they're not helpful, because it'll help you free yourself from saying the wrong thing about with anything and what to say instead. And that's my gift to the whole world. You already know the first tip, which is don't say if you need anything, let me know. But there's four other ones that I'm sure you've said that you probably don't want to include in your lexicon anymore. Amazing. And Kim, for those social butterflies out there, how can they connect with you on social media and which platform do you primarily hang out on the most? So I primarily hang out on two platforms. I'm on LinkedIn a lot and Instagram is my favorite. I love Instagram. So find me on Instagram. (laughs) And what's your um, IG handle? IG handle is 100 acts of love. Again, the the number 100. And LinkedIn is Kim Hamer. Yeah. Kim T. Hamer. Um, on LinkedIn. Yep. Amazing. And I want to thank you so much for just coming into the community today and sharing the value you just shared today. All of your contact information will be in the show notes. Audience, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms, and you could also see this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for supporting the mission, which is to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also factor in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it does take all of us coming together to make this world a better place, which leads me to a big ask. 
for brand sponsors. If that is you and you want to have your products and services heard right here with a worldwide reach of 2%, head on over to genesisamarskemp.net or send me an email at genesisamarskemp at gmail.com. Until the next episode, next topic, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.